All right, good morning and welcome once again. We're going to start off in Colossians chapter 3 today and um, let you start turning there and we'll kind of review what we've been talking about over the past few weeks. And um, we're looking at moving on to more about from our personal relationship with God and how we also, how our church relationship works with God and just building our relationships. And uh, before we get started in our text today, I want to ask you a couple questions that you can be thinking about. And number one is, what do you think is our most important thing we do here on our time on earth? What is our most biggest accomplishment? What should we strive for more than anything? And then on the, on the back side of that, what would be the thing that we miss out on the most if we don't accomplish it? Let's think about those two things there and let's, uh, let's look at Colossians chapter 3. If thee be rising in Christ, seek those things that which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. For thee are dead, and your life is with Christ and God. When Christ, who your life shall appear, then shall they appear with him in glory. Mortified upon your members which are for the earth, fornication and cleanliness, ordinance, affection, evil, convergeness, which is all trotatory. For these things sake the wrath of God cometh in the children of disobedience. In their which they also walk some time, for they lived in them. But thou also put off these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Lie not one another, seeking that thou put off old man with his deeds. And thou hast put a new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. Therefore, there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, never that bond or free, but Christ is in all and in all of them. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity, for your word today, Father. We ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive it, Father, and I ask you to take myself out of the way, Father, and let your message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. What is our most purpose for being here? We hear more and more about people that simply don't believe. They not only don't believe, but it's a force now that they want to infringe on others. They want to make it known. We talked a little bit about last week that there was a time, even if you weren't involved with religion, if you didn't involved with church, that you respected it. That churches were respected whether it was something that you was involved with or not. That God was respected. And people's choice to be able to worship was respected. And now, this world, that is not the case. We see where people want to infringe upon that. We want to see things like church taken down and be mistreated. That is not respected anymore. And that if you don't go along with it because people do, that's infringing on 
their system. And it's sad. Because we, we know that we are working on our eternity. What really saddens me is, is that through each trial and tribulation that we go through, as a believer, we have God to see us through. We talked about how we all go through periods of suffering. That is part of living in this world. It's part of the fallen curse. It's part of being followers of Christ. That suffering is a part of life for each and every person, no matter what your status is in life. And there's people that go through these periods of suffering and they do not have God in their lives to carry them through. I can't imagine what that's like to not have that hope, to not have that ability to be able to turn to God, to be able to allow Him to comfort you, to give you knowledge and wisdom, to be able to see you through, to have your back turned on that. How lonely that has to be. How hopeless that has to feel. And you could imagine when you see people go to great lengths out of desperation to accomplish things, that how they could be in such areas of desperation when we don't have that hope that God provides for us. What is our, our biggest accomplishments? We all have goals we like to accomplish in our life. For some of us, that's family. For some of us, that's career. Some of us, it's the things that we gather represent our accomplishments. The, the wealth we accumulate. The size of our homes. The luxury of our vehicles. But you know, none of these things matter. None of these things we can take with us. None of these things change who we are as a person. So many times we rely on, on status to tell the world who we are. But there's only one thing that really matters in this world. And that is having a relationship with God. That is the, the great equalizer. And that is the one thing that we will carry on into the next world. Our relationship with God. That is our purpose for being here, is to share Jesus, to give that gift, to be that beacon of light, to be that example, to show others how God shines in our life. Which brings us back to, to suffering. 
I posed a question a week or so ago. Why does God allow us to suffer? It's the question that's on many lips through many times. And sometimes it's very easy to do when we find ourselves under a great strain of pressure. When something just comes from out of the blue and and just swipes our legs out from underneath us and we just are just sitting into a, a pile of devastation there for a while. It's real easy to focus on that trouble and to take our eyes off God. And we want to question God, why or why? You claim to be a loving God and to fulfill all of our needs, and yet we find ourselves in these moments that are crushing. And we say, why? God has to look at the big picture of things. And our ultimate goals, our ultimate accomplishments. So sometimes our immediate comfort, our feelings, those things have to be pushed aside. Because we have to build that connection. Now I'll ask you another question to think about. When have you felt God the closest? Is it in our time of need, in our time of trouble, in this time of torment? Or is it in the the good times, the happy times? Well, I'll tell you, not knowing how anybody answered that question, we can go back to, to the fruits of how we respond. And so many times in the good times, we forget that God even exists. We don't praise him. We don't thank him. It's real easy to get caught up in whatever the accomplishment is. And we forget who our true source is. We think about how hard we worked, how much we saved, what we had to sacrifice to be able to to buy that thing, to get that thing, to get that promotion. But what we forget about is that God was there all along. That God opened doors. God gave us abilities. God put the right people in front of us. It's real easy to forget that we rely on God when everything is going well. We don't hear the name Jesus. We don't hear praise God because we don't have that that desire because we're not under that pressure. 
But if you've been around someone that's in pain and they have that connection with God, sometimes you might hear the word Jesus at every step because they are calling upon that name for comfort, for healing, for power. Because we know that God is the only one that can see us through certain things. We need to call upon Him. So we, we suffer. God wants us to rely on Him. We have fear. One thing after another causes us fear. And then we have the cousins that go along with us. We have doubt. We have worry. We have contempt. We have temptation. We have all these negative things that we have in life. The word says that God does not give us a spirit of fear. So we have to be able to overcome these things. How is it that we overcome things? We go through and we do them over and over again. When we, we work our muscles, they become sore. And the only way to work the soreness out is to keep pushing through. So they keep getting stronger. And as we do, we build endurance. We build muscle. We're able to do more for longer periods of time. And it's because of that repetitive action. But it's not easy. It's, there's pain involved. There's hard work involved. Because it was like anything in life. We have to work at it. There's some sacrifice to get through it. We gave up perfection. We gave up that perfect environment when man fell. So we have to work through this fallen world. And we're constantly trying to seek ways to get back to it. We were talking this morning about organic food. And it's a, it's a big thing, you know, because we want, we want to consume the best. And it's a, a big marketing ploy because, you know, people are, are looking for the best things to consume to, to put into their bodies. But the thing is, every plant, every animal is still all part of this fallen world. Everything has its imperfections. Everything has its challenges. It's all part of the same world. We need to seek a relationship with God that is so strong that no matter what is put in front of us that we keep our eyes 
upon the Lord. That fear does not overtake us. Let's look at Matthew. Chapter 14. I'm going to look at my friend Peter here for a minute. And 22, And straight away Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him to the other side while he sent the magnitudes away. And then when he sent the, the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain of heart to pray. And when that evening come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And fourth watch of the night, Jesus went there and walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out in fear. But straight away Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be good cheer, for it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if thou bid you come to the, on the water, and he said, Come. And Peter was walking down out of the ship, and he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind bolstered, he was afraid, grinning the sink, and he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And he said unto him, Thou have little faith. Why did I doubt us? And when they come into the ship, the wind ceased, and they were... In the ship, and they came and worshiped him, saying, Thou art the Son of God. I love this example. And I'm a big Peter fan. I feel he's very relatable. There's so much Peter in all of us because we want to do good, we want to be great, but yet our human side takes over and we, we fail. <clears throat> And this is an example of how we should be in every moment of suffering. Every time we have a trial, every time fear rears its ugly head, we should be ready to, to step out onto the water. And notice, notice how this works. This is a, a grand example that God has laid out for us in his word. So here it is. Jesus is walking out on the water. And this storm is, is, is blowing. It's raining. The wind's blowing. The waves are, are whipping. And Peter says, if that's you, can I come out there? And Jesus is like, come on. Now we're doing the impossible here. Because we know that God can do the impossible. We know that God has no limits. And so we see him step out onto the water with his eyes focused on Jesus. And he's able to do it. And he's taking those steps and he's not sinking and it's working as long as his eyes are on Jesus. But the moment we have that little crack in our armor, and we talked about that for weeks on end. Why it's so important to have all the little cracks sealed up. Because one little crack, and that's what happened. Just a moment, one of those little thought bubbles appeared. A little bit of fear 
crept in. And then we saw the wind, the waves, the storm. The eyes came off of Jesus. And then we see everything else. And then he began to sink. Began to sink. One time I did a message on this and I told the congregation, I said, um, you know, I use this term, I say it so very often that if it worked for them, it'll work for all any of us. That God doesn't give abilities to certain people and not others. That we all have equal power. We all have the same power. It's just that we let our fear, we let our doubt get in the way. The Word says that we only have the the faith of a mustard seed. And that's a, a little small amount. And we always look at that, well, it's just we have that little bit that we can, we can move those mountains. We can tell the tree to jump. But the problem is, we don't even have that little bit of faith. We don't even have that little bit. We might have it for a moment, but we don't have it continually. My daughter asked me, she said, do you really believe that people could walk on water? And I said, absolutely. And she said, well, why haven't you done it? I said, because I don't have the faith that's required to do so. Because I believe that we're taking this entire lifetime to build that kind of faith. That we have to have a lifetime of trial and error and going through suffering and temptation and all these things that we have to go through this life to be able to keep building up day by day. I wish we all could. I wish we all could have that ability right now to go do, but think about what I'm telling you right now. We could go walk out to the nearest body of water. But how many of us are going to be thinking in the back of the heads that this is not going to work? That this is going to be foolish? That people are going to think I'm a fraud? Because that's what we do. We go through that default negative We get worked up. We go back to square one every time something happens. We take our eyes off God if we had them there to start off with. See, many times we have a hard time even staying focused during the good times. So trouble comes and then that's all we see. And we have to go searching for that light again. Because we've allowed ourselves to get so far into the dark. We let trouble come 
and we go running off into the woods because we're scared. We're in fear. We're in doubt. When we should be looking towards the light. We take our eyes off the prize. That's what God's trying to accomplish with us with suffering. We should be any time that trouble arises, fear shouldn't be an option. Because we are born again believers of Christ. We are the sons and daughters of the Most High God. That we have everything because we are in His hands. That He's got us. He is in control. That's where we should be. Everything should just, our trouble should just wash over us because we are protected by the blood of Christ. Paul had this thorn in his side, something that plagued him. And God told him, my grace is sufficient. I've thought many times, we don't know exactly what that thing was that that plagued him. And we know that it was there. How many times did Paul have to deal with that And he thought about God. What he told him that his grace was sufficient. See, because Paul went through quite a bit of stuff. Quite a bit of challenges. And perhaps that was something that was needed to constantly keep him in that state of mind. That God is in control. That God has this. That God will see him through. Where would we be without our suffering? If everything was just easy, if everything just came easy, if there wasn't any challenges, where would we be? What would our relationship with God look like? Would we slowly just fall away? I hope that you're listening today. I hope that you're, you're here today with me because you're trying to accomplish something. You're trying to accomplish that relationship. You're trying to please God. You're trying to learn from Him. You're trying to increase that relationship. God is the most important relationship that we have. It's going to carry on through eternity. He will always be with us. Think in your lifetime how many people that you've came in contact with and then you never see again. But God is the one constant. He's always there. He knew us in the womb, and he'll know us in the next life. He doesn't change. He doesn't waver. He doesn't fade away. 
And his love is unconditional. We have our relationships. We have the the people that we love. And at times they can be so frustrating. We have our children that do things that we don't like. We have our spouses that do things we don't like. Sometimes how we treat people and how we feel about people is in reference to how they've treated us recently. But God, no matter what we do to him, we turn our back on him, we ignore him, we don't thank him, we don't follow his advice. We blame him. We blame him so much. It just seems like it's the easiest thing in the world to do is just, God, why? God, why? What we should be doing is is asking not why we're going through this, but what can we learn from it? How can this better us? Our actions... What we do in our hearts. How we respond in any given situation. These are the things that are important. Because these are the things that that build our character. That build our person. You know, these are the things that God God is concerned with. These are where our rewards are going to come from. These are the things that matter. We look at all the things that we accumulate here in the world, and they mean absolutely nothing. Do we ever thank God for the hard times? That's a concept that's a little hard to wrap your head around. But as we look back on our lives, how many times have we been through something in the past that we, when we go through something similar in the future or in the same neighborhood of a problem that it's a little bit easier? You know, we've uh, been through pain. So when pain comes again, well, I made it through it once. I can make it through it again. We've had sickness come upon us. I made it through it once. God see me through. He will see me through again. What makes for a better story? We got to go out and we got to spread the word of God. We are his disciples. We are to go out. We are to tell people about Jesus. Tell people about the goodness of God. Tell them what he is doing in our lives. 
the trials, the suffering, those are easier stories to tell. See, because you can go and say, look, God gave me a new car. God gave me a new house. But it's real easy for people to dismiss that as something else. To see it as something different. But whenever you tell people that God healed me, that God has given me many more years than the doctors ever said, that God allowed me to walk when they never said I'd walk again, that God... Heal something that the doctors say would never heal up. That God answered my prayers totally and completely. See, we only get that kind of interaction when we're in the hard times. Because first of all, we have to we have to seek God. We can't do it on our own. God keeps allowing the pressure to build up because as long as we think we can have an answer, that we have a solution, we're going to take that route. And so many times we, we fool ourselves. We ask God about a situation and it's like, okay, we're going to act in faith. But then what do we do? When we're waiting on the Lord, we are doing other things. We're trying to come up with a backup plan. Or we're worried about what's going to happen over the next couple of days. And we're trying to keep moving around the pieces to try to align something to happen. You know, uh, we never want to have anything to do with God until it involves our own miracle. We want to leave God at arm's length, and then when we need something, we're going to ask Him for it, and then we're going to tell Him how to do it. And not only are we going to tell Him how to do it, we're going to try to help Him move some of the pieces around. That is not faith. That is not faith. And it's a hard habit to break. I know. I have been there. I'm still there. Because we're waiting and we're waiting and the, the deadline's coming. The situation's getting closer and we're trying to... We're just in that, that panic mode. And you know that God's never early. God's never late. He's always right on time. He always comes right when He needs to. And we always want... Things done sooner than later because we want that suffering to stop. You know, and that's the case in every situation that we just want that suffering to stop. It's not about anything more than how we feel. And it's not always even a, a physical situation. We could be, you know, waiting on a financial situation or, or something else that doesn't cause any physical harm but we're still in that state of turmoil. 
because of the unknown, because we don't know exactly how things are going to play out. We're in that, that worry. And God doesn't want us to operate that way. God wants us to be in peace, knowing that he has it under control. And of course, we have to follow God's instruction and we have to do things. We have to do our part. But we can do that. That's not trying to force God. That's why it's so important we, we pray and we know what God's will is. And then we wait and we praise him during these times. Praise him for the hard times. So when someone asks the question, how can a loving God allow us to suffer? And that question answers itself because he is a loving God. Because there are things in the suffering that we need. That that suffering brings us closer to him and that is our ultimate goal for life. Feelings is temporary. Pain is temporary. This world is temporary, but God is forever.